we're live. My year Bianchi in the house. That's the, on, man. that's May year Bianchi in the house. What's Shut good? Up, yeah, no, it is. Did I miss it? Why? How is it possible that I constantly? It's because you don't you don't talk to me every day, man. We talked a lot though, man. We talked enough. We've been sure, through a lot. We have that. We've been, we have been through a lot, dude. At the moment, we're both rock in the um the, the funny backgrounds here. Yep. Which is you look real ghostly. You're you're doing the Patrick Swayze right now. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. Dude, let me grab that same background that you're using. Where can I find I don't know. It came default. Yeah, I could have sworn I saw that while they were yelling. Yeah, wait, I think that's it. That Gotta have the Meyer string showing. Yep. How's everything going with the company, Meyer? Things are good, man. I'm building a juggernaut. I decided recently that that's why the road is hard. First of all, entrepreneurship is hard anyway. But when you're trying to build a juggernaut, it's twice as hard. You know, some people say pick one lane. Some people say pick two lanes. I'm picking a lot of lanes because it's a juggernaut. <laughs> I love it. What does that mean, picking a lot of lanes? Like, well, UA, cannabis, Magento, big commerce, yeah, Shopify, Riker. Yeah. So, so basically, you know, my, my, my whole reason for wanting to go work for myself and do this is because I like helping people. You know, like I've always had a background where I was working at merchants or for merchants. And then in like 2014, I was like, okay, I like doing this. Let's take this on the freelance roadshow. And then, you know, I kind of eventually had the vision like, wait, this is not just a, this is going to be a conglomerate, right? Like Meyer is a global ide ideology. But then like, you know how some people say you should just focus your company on one thing, one service, one sub niche, one software. Right. And so for a while we were pigeonholed in just Magento because that was the area where I was specialized. But obviously e-commerce has so many common use cases in web and, and it's understanding like how to translate people's vision using technology. And so something really excites me more about solving problems and not so much dedicating to one thing. So when I say I'm building a juggernaut, because it's harder to provide capabilities in a lot of areas. And so, you know, I just kind of accepted that recently. So it's going to go, there's going to be ups and downs, but it's like an ambitious plan. So you got to just be with the journey. So take, take it to the moon. Yeah. So yeah. So we're on the launch pad. So things are good. Um, the pandemic has been difficult, but there's also a lot of opportunity. So shout outs to everyone who's trying to make it through the storm right now. That that's really important, right? People health, family, sanity. Yeah. Uh, you know, amongst everything else, right? So yeah. And New York is like is probably going to be harder than a lot of places. Like yeah. So I actually moved from New York last year to new jersey that's right we got a house but yeah but i'm still in the uh metro region still keeping it brooklyn uh still only 55 minutes from home um and uh you know it's like i got out last april so i actually was able to be in a pretty serene place for the pandemic in the sense of like not in a crowded area having a lot of space having outdoor space so it's been a different perspective but you know like last summer when all the action was going on and New York looked like it was burning and all the protests and things, it like it gets overblown. And really, New York is like a really vibrant place. And so I go back like, you know, every month or every whatever, for whatever reason. 
And I just always am amazed by Brooklyn, like, you know, and just just the different vibe compared to where I live in New Jersey is more like farmland and like quiet. And like, so it's such a contrast, man. Having grown up in the city, now I'm starting to get to the point where like, if I'm there and I hear noise and stuff and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm definitely not used to this. Like bring me back to my, you know, birds chirping every day, so. That's so funny. So you're living like a similar life to me, like in terms of like, there's like farmland out here and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. it's an interesting community. It's in Monmouth County and it's, uh, it's cool. That's cool. Shout out to New Jersey. Yeah, for real. Never thought I would say that, but shout out to New Jersey. They need to fix the DMV, but shout out to New Jersey. What's the problem with DMV? Is it just you, you just can't get appointments. They expect you to wait outline at 4 a.m. like a rock concert. It's really backwards to me. Like it, it stops commerce. Let's just put it like that. Yeah, that's fine. Gotta keep the commerce flowing. Um, so you were talking about, I don't know if this was DL status, but a certain talk you were gonna maybe be doing at some point in the future. Is that is that below the radar or well it's it no it's cool because she said that she would have mentioned it when she was on the other day so no i mean yeah like i think october 21st i don't have the time in front of me doing a panel where polina kutaeva one of the co-founders of groms.com one of our clients is interviewing with Tian Lin from one step checkout and it's interesting because she has an interior design and operations background and so it's cool because we're telling a merchant story and it's going to be at the Magento Connect, which is a big event for the Magento community. And so just super excited to be a part of that because it's like where the hard work meets the results, meets the stories. And it's it's nice. That's awesome. And that's the, the um, Magento Connect is the it's like virtual thing, right? Yeah, it's not I don't not in person for me. That's for sure. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's some kind of online virtual event. Right, right. And um, we're doing an in-person event, too in uh in um end of october in brooklyn a shopify meetup oh yeah putting together a shopify meetup with our partners signified omnisend okendo and octane ai and it's an art gallery opening and it's all about brooklyn and the shopify community and how these companies are all standing by to help and like about you know just everybody's still here after the pandemic and kind of just like some good vibes but also around community sustainability culture it's gonna be really interesting you know and it's like trying to be like a merchant focused event so yeah I, I like it it's curating the arts it's promoting e-commerce it's promoting business it's it's a it's a win for everybody and like it's in person so obviously vaccinations are required and the whole new york city regulations but it's cool private party everyone's safe um but yeah so like got two cool promotional events coming up this month so you said it's an art gallery opening yeah so it's like so there's like an opening of an art gallery and then and then combo Shopify meetup. Yep. That's cool, man. Yeah, it's really cool. Working with our partner Megan at Signified, she's awesome at putting together events. She's like one of the greatest partner managers in the history of partner managers. And uh yeah. she and she like um, you know, we put it together. So it's cool. It's with some local artists and it's so it's like nice that it's not just like an ephemeral one time, one night thing. It's like beaconing the opening of something and it's kind of like a preview. And so I, I never really thought of an event as being also supporting the arts at the same time or helping sponsor yeah. something bigger. So I think that's cool too, because yeah. it has a lasting effect. I could never have imagined like an e-commerce meetup and an art gallery opening combo. That yeah. does, does seem like the two, for some reason, 
those seem like two completely opposite things. But it's cool, man. It's like classy as hell. Man. Yeah. It's the intersection of art and commerce. Yeah, wine. Yeah, there's gonna be some drinks, gonna be some food. It's from like six to nine PM on a Thursday, I think. So it's gonna be good. October twenty eighth. And I'm sending out the invites next week. Okay. Save the date. Yeah. There's the sum. I think it was uh oh dude, you know what our favorite TV show is right now is Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, I love that show. So so the pre so you know when the interstitials when they show the precinct? That's my local that's my local police precinct in Brooklyn, the 78th precinct. Yeah, over on Bergen and Fifth by Flatbush. And um, obviously they film this in like Canada or wherever they film it, but it's cool that they actually use the uh, yeah, and they, or I mean there's definitely some on location stuff in New York, but you know, some of it's studio. But I meant like it's cool that the front of that uh place is the like a plate like a, a real precinct in Brooklyn. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, literally, dude. That's like our show every night. That's every night. So like, do you watch it with the kids too? No, no, no. no. Just yeah, it's not exactly the most. Yeah. It's yeah, it's not so. I think I've seen like the first five seasons, maybe. And uh I, I love okay. the, the characters on it are so good. Obviously, Terry Crews is the man, and also Andre Brar, like the captain. He's my favorite. Like I feel like Captain Holt's my favorite. There, there's he's there's fun. Some... Yeah, they're all sort of like. It's yeah. funny in completely different ways and it's just like some it's always something completely unexpected will happen and then we'll just start dying. Um but yeah, there's this we're only in like season two, I think. Mm -hmm. But uh when when I said save the date and anything about there's this one episode where like he prints these cards and it or somebody does for a thing and it says S T D on on that <laughs> and he goes, I'm I'm handing out STDs, okay. and uh, it was funny, man. Man, but that, yeah, that shows too much. Yeah, and it's obviously got staying power. If people, if other networks keep buying it and it keeps going, so I'm happy because I I was mad when they were gonna cancel that show. So I'm happy it like kept its life yeah. going. Yeah, that's like eight, some insane amount of seasons. So yeah, like all shows, I'm sure it jumped the shark at some point, but it's good. Yeah, yeah. Like when you're when you're getting ready to like get into a new show, you want to see that it has a lot of seasons before you like. Yeah, like how invested in this can I be? Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it's I always like we. It, it's always stuff like the last show we watched was um, uh, oh, what I can't even remember. But like when you finish a show, and then you're like, oh man, and again, oh Friday Night Lights, Friday Night Lights, um we watched it's like five seasons it's like a uh, football deal in texas yeah yeah, yeah. i know about the like 20 minutes really house. yeah football is like a whole other pl plateau in texas yeah it's a whole yeah it's a whole thing i saw varsity blues i remember varsity blues that was the movie but yeah so friday night friday night lights when it ended you get like the come down oh yeah it's 100 percent. it's yeah. just like and then and you know and then you try to find another show and you're like does this fit my vibe? Yeah. Is this fit? And then you'll watch a couple episodes and you think you're getting into it. You're like, nah, nah, this ain't it. This ain't it. Yeah. And uh, and then so yeah, we find. But the problem with uh the Brooklyn Nine Nine show is that it's it doesn't make us fall asleep because we're just laughing constantly. Yeah. But then because you want to show that you you're into, but all like I I like I'm always falling asleep watching. TV. Yeah, trying to wind it down. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So it's um that's the only that's the only thing that I like. Yeah, and have you seen Ted Lasso? 
That sounds really cool. It's, it's the one on Apple TV Plus or whatever. It's starring Jason Sudeikis about the American soccer coach, American football coach who goes to coach a professional soccer team in England. That is binge watch. It's binge worthy. It's two seasons so far. Super, super good. I recently binge watched that. Gives you all the feels. Pretty funny. It's good. And uh, and then um, what's the other thing I've been watching? Last night, I was staying up late. I watched the first like episode and a half of Squid Game. That is not for the faint of heart. That oh, thing is crazy. Somebody was, somebody was telling me about that. Is that the is that the one where they do games? They do like kids games. Yeah. So Dude, somebody it, it's like talking to this guy in the gym. Yeah. It's horrific. Like I was talking to this guy in the gym. It's murder. It's murder porn. It's not good. Like it's meaning like it actually is a good storytelling and like shooting and acting. Like I actually like it. Like I was watching it. Like, I'm sure it's, it's really well made. Yeah, and I'm not usually like one for ultra violent content like that, but it's like yeah. also kind of intriguing. And it's also like about society and money and whatever. So it's like I was resistant, but then last night I was like, I'm just gonna throw this on and see what's good. And it was like, pr- like it's pretty harsh. That's all I could say. Like, but it. So it's like wa- watch it with a uh, grain of salt. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, speaking of ultra violent uh, TV shows, what do you think about the Magento Fork? Oh, sick. Oh, so yeah. So I I really am pretty like supportive of it, but also like agnostic because I don't think it's it's an act of like sure it's an act of uh, civil disobedience. It's yeah. It's a it's a divergence, right? Because that's what a fork is: is you're diverging and going in a separate direction, right? So like, but. Given that they plan to, like, their focus is on maintainability, the focus is on, you know, doing things the right way. So if you look at the, the Mage 1, uh, not Mage 1, Magento LTS, like the long-term support from Open OpenMage, for example, for M1, that platform has modern PHP, it works well, people are using it, like it, but PayPal and stuff said, no, nah, we don't want to, you know, we want to try to, like, cut off your PCI compliance or do things. So I worry about external pressures on the Magento community fork, but I think like it's a good idea for the people that want to go that route. It's just the risks for me are always a Magento or what's the long-term status of sustainability. Are you totally tired of hearing about it or is it like, is it interesting to you? The thing, the the thing is, is there's like conversations that in the Magento community reverberate a lot, but don't reverberate externally. So even though this particular thing got Adobe's attention really fast and Magento associations attention really fast, I don't feel like this made the letter. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Like, and I saw, I saw somebody posted something where they were equating it to like Martin Luther's 47 thesis or whatever, like the actual act of Protestantism in the 1400s. So I'm saying like, yeah, it's, it's definitely like a line of demarcation in history. But I think that unfortunately what goes on in the Magento world mostly stays in the Magento world versus yeah. Shopify or other things are news because of the stock market or this and that. And Magento is kind of like a sub Adobe property. So it's not this, yeah. it's not the star of the show. Right. Yeah. It's like, this is weird. It's, it's almost like there's this weird, like, where part of this funny subculture. Yeah. Something within the Magento within. I used to feel like it was a cult, but now I don't feel that way anymore. Yeah. It's like a mini cult, you know, that we're, that we're part of. And it's like, it's like, I don't know, they hear probably some of it, but a lot of it is just noise. You know? Well, look at it this way. Were, were people not ringing the same alarm bells three years ago, four years ago, when they, when like Adobe bought Magento or when things started to change a certain way, people were like, 
already protesting with how they were running the product at the time. Like, remember, like, community engineering? Well, guess what? They had a lack of core engineering. So now they put more core engineering, got rid of community engineering. So I'm saying it's like, there's always, like, something happening. And so I think those people three, four years ago were the canary in the mine because from what I've heard is, like, there's been a you know, certain market share drop or other platforms been eating the lunch or merchants have been leaving Magento for big commerce, Shopify, and so on. And so I think that this is now a natural reaction because people are tired of that. People know that Magento is a really great e-commerce platform. It can, has so much more features and complexity that you can work with and customize easily if you know what you're doing than other platforms. But at the same time, that's not what merchants want necessarily, or it's for the specific use case. So I'm happy because then it means at least the community is not going down in a fight because it's not down because things like Hoofa are picking it up and like inspiring people again. So shout out to Willem Wigman and Vinay Kopp, our partners at Hoofa. Really excited about that. So I'm saying it's all connected to that movement, people wanting to see the platform succeed and investing in that. And so that's really healthy. And the fact that Magento's open source and even has that potential, you couldn't fork Shopify, you can't fork big commerce, you can make products that adapt or use it, but you can't say, hey, you know what, I'm going to maintain this version of it, and it'd be all good. So yeah, there's something to be said. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I, it's funny. I was talking to my buddy Rick Buzinski yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, he's he was talking about the whole Adobe ecosystem, and 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 almost for the first time, I started to find myself getting interested in that whole ecosystem. Well, I'm really interested in that ecosystem. Marketing cloud. Yeah, and all the integrations. It's smart. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's like, I, I, you know, I don't hear a lot of firsthand stuff about it. Like, I haven't worked with it directly, obviously. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll ask people about it. But, you know, a lot of these products, you can't just check them out or get access to them, I, as far as I understand. Right? Well, exactly. You have to have the license or you have to have the, you know, so it's like very specific types of merchants who are very enterprise or are adapting to that stack. Because even if you're a merchant on like Magento Starter Cloud, you're not getting all the Adobe stuff. You're not, it's not for that target demographic either. It's very specific. Like we've seen certain merchants using AEM, but then I don't feel like AEM is what it is now, right? Like the whole stack has evolved in the last few years as well. Yeah. And so, yeah, definitely a lot of credit to Adobe because everyone thinks they're just gonna shelve the product, but it's part of some larger plan, you know? There's obviously yeah, value. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to give them credit. Like, like you said, a lot of these trends have been happening pre-Adobe, so this isn't really about Adobe. Like, it's kind of, it's kind of about I don't know. There's like the the, the general enterpriseiness of the product, mm-hmm. and this and this separation between the community, open source community, whatever the heck that is, and the enterprise. Yeah, and so like. Garner's yeah, magic quadrant. Um, yeah, the magic quadrant. Um, but yeah, what was I going to say about Adobe? I, I forgot. But um, it's, yeah, like I, I had a buddy that told me that like they have some really cool stuff that they can do with um, analytics, the analytics mm-hmm. plans that you've yeah. never seen anywhere else. Yeah. This is like a guy that like geeks out on different. Is Omniture, was Omniture their platform or was it? I think, I yeah. think Omniture was the one that... Yeah, and it's um, next-level analytics. It just costs a lot of money and it's only going to be used by high-level brands, right? Like, yeah, and I'll be like... And 
AEM, for example, I don't know how many times I've asked people like, like, oh, like, tell me about it. Like, how does it work? What are, what are, and then they'll be like, oh, well, you know, not sure. I haven't quite, you know, still learning. And it's like, like, I want to talk to somebody that actually. It's like a dragon thing. Yeah. Only talked and about, like, never seen. Yeah. But like, but, but literally like when I was talking to Rick about it, he was starting to talk about some of the stuff he can do. And, and, and just, I could see his excitement around getting into it and i was like i was like cool you know like um i don't want to just be negative about it for the sake of being negative about it you know like if they're doing cool stuff like you know yeah i want to get on board i want to get on the program get on the train yeah and once again it's all about audience and demographic and what's the best use case for everyone it's there's no right answer it's all about the situation and so like that's up with uh What's up with Hoova? You're using, you're starting to use Hoova? Yes, Hoova. Can we please just call it Hoova? Now I've been training myself to call it Hoova. I, for, but I always say Hiva Hoova so people know what I'm talking about. But we can talk about it. So it sounds so much cooler. I know that I keep talking about this like mm-hmm. thing, but I'm going to just. Yeah. So the Umla. Yeah. So anyway, I, I just want to say this that it's amazing. It addresses what was architecturally wrong with Magento's front end from the first place. So that whole Willem hype is the beat. Willem is the man, dude. Yeah, but that whole hype about it improving the developer experience is true because we know firsthand because we've invested in it. We've contributed to the core of Hufa with a set of widgets called Hufa widgets, and basically, yeah, it's so to make page building easier. So it's like imagine a banner widget, a multi-content widget, a category slider, page builder. No, no, this is just straight up Magento widgets. It's the best kept secret in Magento. So not everybody knows about Magento widgets. And so you can insert them in CMS pages and and, and structure them and all that. So this is like a hearing. I've been hearing people say that since way back. Yeah. Like, dude, you don't realize what you can do. Yeah, I was in the static. I was in the static block HTML crowd until I became team widgets in the last couple of years. And so, yeah. And so the goal is kind of like, for Hufa being able to pro, you know, build easily. And also it just makes it so like you can have really competitive fast Magento sites. And who doesn't want that? Because it's the yeah. competitive answer to PWA because PWA is not right for everyone. So once again, we have a feature rich, complete platform. And so we fully support it. Uh, you know, we're an official partner now in the US. And so that's really big. And we're seeing some people interested in it. So like, for example, our default Magento build now is a Hufa build. We're not building Luma front ends or we're not trying to. We'll still maintain or work on them. But why would you when Google's page speed and Lighthouse scores are becoming a defining metric for website competence and you can address site speed at the root of the problem? You have to, right? It's your responsibility to make sure that you're not setting clients up with something that's going to underperform on conversions or consumer expectations. And so it's like, that's just evolution. And so it's like time to evolve and developers like it more. So what's there, what's there to not like about it? The only thing is module compatibility, but even that has a trend. They have a board where they're tracking which modules are compatible and it's like very public and like, you can see the momentum growing. And so also there's like, it's not that hard to adapt modules. And so it's really about just being really strategic because obviously any extra dev work adds cost to a project but the results are just people are loving it. 
Yeah, man. I saw actually. I think I think I saw your reply on tweet yesterday. There was a yeah Ryan's tweet. Yeah, Ryan's tweet, and then he shout out to Paradox Labs about using yeah about about doing it, and then um um and then uh there was a FedEx guy coming out here. Mike from New York. I'm not sure. Nice. But um, anyways, there was uh, a tweet. Uh, he tweeted about it, and then um. And then, uh, and then anyway, so I was curious, I was like, I want to, he said he did this build and like, I was like, oh, cool. I want to see the site. I think you had replied like, Hey, from can, and he's like, no, can't share this site because yeah. NDAs or whatever. I hate that, man. So it's, yeah, it's hard. It's tricky. I was just asking him about the cost, right? Because I'm curious because one of the people, things people ding Magento about is total cost of ownership. And so this really does help lower that in cost of implementation so the fact that he said it was on budget 200 out you know whatever he said about the budget was a good sign and so i'm just curious how they sold it but at the same time uh it's good what do you mean how they sold what do you mean how they sold it? meaning like when you have this conversation with a merchant and you're saying like hey we're going this route with the front end and here's why and then you actually deliver on that promise and it's on time on budget it's like, it's got to be a good feeling, right? So Ryan must feel good about that. And that team must feel good about that because that's creating value for the merchant through using Hiva. And that's like Hiva, Hufa, sorry, I'm just going to keep doing it. I want to say Hufa, but basically it's creating value. Bro, I'm rebranding it right now. It's Hiva. I'm not, yeah, hey, I, I've already made peace with this over the last couple months. I've had, I've been like self-correcting. So when you're saying, but when you're saying, how do they sell it? Are you saying, how do you sell a merchant on something that's a newer front end framework? It's not the core. Yeah. Um, is that what you're saying? Or, yeah. Some, obviously some are on time on budget. There's nothing to sell there. I mean. No, of course. But I just meant like, it's still, you're taking a risk or you're investing in something new. And so I'm more curious of, how much would that build of cost if you did it your old way versus the new way? Where was the cost savings or what was the cost differential to the client or what was the increase in profitability to the agency, right? Both of those things matter in this context because it means a better experience for everyone. That makes sense. And then, like you said, there's going to be some trade-offs with some modules. You might have some modules that are not compatible yet. Um, yeah, you had to but so. the difference is there's a whole Slack, there's a whole community, there's devs every day trying and making modules compatible. So it's this great movement and like the more momentum you're hitting that tipping point. And if you have vendors like Amnesty, like One Step Checkout, all the Red Champs, all these vendors are buying into the process. And so it's, we need did to keep- say, Did you say, did you say Red Champs? Yeah, you don't know about Red Champs, man? Red Champs? Yeah. Do you know about them? Uh, yeah yeah they're like the silent assassin of magento extensions like if you check them out they make a bunch of useful like admin ones and things and i can't really speak to code quality just because i haven't done a deep dive on that but for example they like used to have the login as customer or different like whatever it is it's some useful stuff yeah so, yeah a lot of people did that but i just meant like they've made things useful and accessible and free in some cases and i thought that was cool and then when Magento came out with the feature themselves, they made some enhancements. So anyway, the point is I see that they updated a lot of their modules. They're on top of their game in terms of adapting. Yeah, that's a plug for Red Champs. And no, we're not a partner. I don't have any relationship with Red Champs. But if you guys want to sponsor the show, I'll give you a deal. 
But yeah, so I'm super excited because we're building a multi store and a B2B on Hoofa right now. And like okay. I'm obviously like knock on wood, let's let's get through it and showcase it. But my point is like we're fully charging in and we built a demo store that we're gonna put out, like meaning I'm, I haven't like announced the demo store because I want to put like Be Meyer branded merch and things in the demo store. But that's you check this out. Yeah, check this out. Do you I was talking to Joseph Maxwell? I don't know if you know about this, yes. but he um I thought this was the coolest thing for one of his courses or whatever. He's he built a thing. You mentioned de- a demo store. Mm-hmm. He built a thing that is going to give people access to basically sample data, a sample a sample store. But here's the catch: it's real merchant data. It's an actual merchant that he's importing the data on like a whatever regular nightly basis and mm-hmm. sanitizing it mm-hmm. somehow so it's it so it's a it's a it's a it's a demo store basically that you can use for whatever i don't know if he's going to use it for his course or for okay. like different exercises but it's literally like this is something i've imagined forever like i wanted to build it at one point for oh so you're not just dealing with the same static stuff so you actually feel like you're running a magento store it's literally an actual Magento live store mm-hmm. that is just he's sanitizing the data somehow. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know who the merchant is or how you could do it with my SQL scripts. Work. You could sanitize it. Yeah. You're working with real data. I was like, dude, that's super cool. But what did he tell you what the goal of that was? Because I feel like it trained if so, for example, shout out to Swift Otter. He's become the te- the Magento training god. I mean, or the Magento training lord let's put it like that and so i really admire what he's done because back when i was doing the sponsor dev thing he was like just like just starting that and then he started like you know like not saying he got it from that i'm just saying what's so cool because he took the same altruistic approach but then turned it into a whole business and he's like the authority now right adobe goes to him for for, to work on certifications so um he's killing the game yeah and so like yeah. So no, but so in my context, if I'm imagining why he did that, if I'm training Magento developers, when you're working in the real world on real projects, you're not dealing with a static database. It's changing. There's new orders. There's new problems coming up every day. New products being added. So it's training. Yeah. So it's real training. You're not like it, it's it's the I guess the difference between taking the five hour course in a classroom and driving with the cones, right? It's a totally different exactly. experience. Weird, yeah. weird stuff comes up. Whatever funny stuff. Comes yeah. Up, you know yeah um so yeah i thought that was and then he was saying that he might just open it up and just give everybody access to it somehow um which i think would be epic like you could do it but i i totally i totally sidetracked on that no that's smart yeah but so yes i think it's cool yeah so for the hoofa demo all my point is is like this demo is running on Mage Mojo, so shout outs to Mage Mojo because they were they're really good at hosting Hiba and Hufa and PWAs. They have their whole stack mapped out. So we have a, P- a PWA demo, we have a Hufa demo, we have regular demos. Like they're able to spin that up. But then the um, we have it running on Mage Mojo, and then we have One Step Checkout, who's our partner, as the checkout for the fallback checkout. And so it's cool because. My goal is to have a proper demo store on each platform, right? I have a Shopify demo already that's kind of stale that needs a refresh, but you can actually purchase merch there. And then I have, I want, I'm working on like a big commerce, Versal, Next.js or some kind of, I want to do a headless big commerce one. 
and then I or a multi-store big commerce because they just announced that, and then a um, oh, yeah they have multi-store now and it's in beta for merchants. So like if you're a new merchant, you can get access to multi-store right now. There's like an open like there's a beta, some kind of open beta. They're doing the video game thing. Oh wow! And then uh, and then so um and then lastly this Hufa demo is a great way to showcase that hey we not only do we you know. Not only are we a uh, client, we're also the president or whatever that hair club for men thing. You know what I'm trying to say? Like we're drinking the Kool-Aid too. Yeah. So uh, anyway, um, yeah. So just it's an exciting time, man, for like new stuff in e-commerce. Yeah. A lot of fun stuff coming in. A lot. I mean, I, I hear from people, man, that love working with Uber. Like I, like I hear from people in the wild. Yeah. It's not just hype. So. Yeah, I can. I'll connect with some random person on LinkedIn. Hey, how? Literally, I'll be like, "Hey, how's work going?" And that's usually my opener. And then, um, and then they'll be like, "Oh yeah, you know, I started using Uva, and like, I love my job again." Yeah, it's that serious. Like, I don't have to touch Knockout JS. Like, I'm happy again. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's cool, man. It's really fun. What's up with the uh? What's up with the cannabis, dude? What's up with the cannabis? You do you do some? It's an interesting space. You've done some work in the space. I don't know if you yeah like to talk about it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, about the cannabis industry, obviously, it's come a long way in the past five six years. Um, I used to work at Weed Maps, and they're now a publicly traded company. So. That was a formative experience working at a company that was like a fast growing startup, which then became enterprise, which now is, you know, a global player. So I would say that that was the foundational experience. And then in the past few years, we've worked with some like CBD companies and seen that landscape evolve and seen how like, um, you know, payment processing and stuff is starting to come out. Big commerce offers full support for CBD merchants for like two years now. So they kind of took a stand. And obviously it's all around banking. So I'm saying like where, whenever it goes federally legal is when you'll see a real renaissance and more acceptability, but that's when players like Google and other players will enter the market because there's nothing stopping them. So I would say it's an interesting time. And then the other aspect that we've worked on is like trying to do like Magento PWA delivery apps, right? So like, I don't, you've been to like Colorado or places where you can get delivery and do those sorts of things. And so it's yeah. being able to integrate with like systems like Blaze. We're a Blaze partner now because we have this demo that we built that was uh, basically a PWA, Magento PWA Studio um, and Magento and working with this POS system. So it's fully integrated with inventory, customers. So Blaze, is, Blaze is point of sale. Yeah, so it's, it's a point of sale inventory type situation for the cannabis industry. And they um, so basically we have something that connects Magento to Blaze via APIs and modules we made. And so the goal is like a lot of people are tailored to one platform like Dutchie or other like big players that are like SaaS or trying to be like the Shopify of cannabis delivery or, you know, like a marketplace, mm -hmm. etc. And so there are some bigger brands that may want to put out their own experience. Um, there's, a, there's a delivery service out in LA that using View Storefront, for example, they've been in business for like over a year. Yeah, so, so, so um, you know, it's cool because it intersects our Magento experience and the industry experience because it's all about compliance and things have to be tracked and it's a very like regulated industry. 
So it's important that you understand the technology, you know, necessities on both sides of that equation. I heard like somebody, somebody say that like, it's, um, it, since it's, a, it's basically a gray market in the sense that, right, like it's legal in certain, um, states, but then federally, whatever. So it's like, I've heard some people say like, it's harder to be in a gray market than in a black market, because in a gray market, you have to do everything right. You have to line up all your ducks in a row, cross all your T's, dot all your I's. And then at the end of the day, if they want to, they could always just shut you down, shut down your bank, yeah. whatever. Um, so it's kind of like the word, like, you know, whereas not that I'm recommending to do black market stuff, but it's just like, it's kind of the, the worst of both worlds kind of a thing. Our, um, yeah, where you said? No, I was just gonna say it's definitely not the easiest industry, and like I'm not involved in like more of the business side of that. Like I'm not, you know, like a lot of people are coming at it from an investment angle. I'm more interested in the intersection of tech and where it all comes together for consumers and like business owners. But the yeah, the whole thing about that gray market stuff is no, it's true, but I think it's also regional, right? Because now the whole West Coast, for example, is one unified front plus Nevada, so you don't really like over there. It's like sure there's different state regulatory regimes, but yeah, and then you're but yeah, you're right, because you still may do everything right and it's legal in the state, but you can still get raided by the federal government. So yeah, it's not exactly or get your banking shut off or your you know, or you can't yeah. bank because the companies won't let you bank, and so you're dealing with cash, which creates a physical health risk, right? So it's like it's definitely challenging. Bitcoin. Maybe you go Bitcoin. I mean, yeah, crypto, right? And so I was just gonna say that like I think if it goes legal federally, it'll be a lot safer and better to operate in that space. But even we're seeing New York and New Jersey, right? Like the enforcement has gone down on every day people using it. So obviously the movement is going towards legalization yeah. in my it'll opinion. Get there. It'll get there eventually. It's just sort of a matter of time. Yeah. As long as, our, as, our, as, long as government our officials are profiting from it, it will go legal. Are is payment processing like like how does payment is that complicated? Do you use regular? Do you have to use special? Yeah. So there's certain processes? there's certain specific companies that support it, or there's certain specific methods like that involve more banking and ACHs and using debit. You know, like not going through the credit card networks like Visa. And so I think it's a it's a lot around that, and then also it just depends on jurisdiction. You know, like depending where you are. Yeah. And like, once again, all it takes is a major U.S. bank to say, we'll support it. And then it's going to change. But until that happens, it's going to be a lot of different players and MSPs. And, you know, so it's just it's just a complex space to navigate. And so there are specific solutions. There's a brand I'm trying to think of, but the name is escaping me. But there are specific solutions which exist for that. But they might be kind of convoluted or they're not tech experts. And, you know, so it's like they may have a WooCommerce plugin, but they don't have something really slick or whatever, you know? Right. Totally. Hey, man, this was fun, dude. Good catch up. Any, uh, anything you want to add? Any, any links you want to drop here before we wrap it up? No, I just want to talk about some more serious topics, man. I want to get, I want to, I think we took it to like a five. We need to get to like a 10, but that, that, that's my feeling, right? We kept it really, we kept it really cordial, you know, on a like, I think it was get excited. I think, I think it was a nine and a half. All right. Uh, I'll give you a nine. First, um, first of all, you could drop, if you want to drop another topic right now, we could do that right now. And then 
on top of that, we do a, we'll do a follow up one, and then we'll get into whatever serious topics you want to talk about, bro. Yeah, we should have like the Lincoln talk. the Lincoln Douglas debates. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. What's that? What's Lincoln? Du- what's Lincoln? It, it was in like the eighteen forty eight presidential. Oh, is this joking? Like some oh, kind of like yeah, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, dude, we can talk. You want to talk politics? Let's get into it. Let's talk politics, bro. Let's do something. Well, I'm okay with it. I mean, I we, there's always a way to have respectful discourse, and the for for me, the name of the game is just stability, and I think people need to acknowledge each other's perspectives and people need to remember we're all people and everybody wants yeah. the same things like okay maybe a 60 40 split on certain topics or a 50 50 split but 99.9 percent of people want to live in a safe community send their kids to good schools feed their family worry about their health you know like the so main basic it, it, hey some people want to do that right or want to be do that unharassed and like you know people just want to live their life and i think that's what a lot of people are forgetting right now. And then there's starting to be like a lack of tolerance for other people's perspectives. But at the same time, there does need to be a fundamental acknowledgement of certain facts or certain things. And it's just the lens of which people view it in is what is dividing us, I would say. So from a political conversation, it, people should be able to talk because we're all here to solve problems. We're not here to just argue. Yeah, I find that when I actually sit down and talk to somebody, um you know, even if you come from different perspectives on different things, it's like, it's, it's like, you can have a great conversation and you can have so much common ground. Even if you disagree on some things, you, you almost always have about 80% common ground. Um, and then it's like the, the, the 20%, you know, is the exception. Whereas like in certain contexts and sometimes social media or mm-hmm. I don't know, in certain contexts, if it makes it seem like it's the opposite, like you only have 10% common ground, but yeah, yeah, I think, I think it's so important to just be able to talk to each other, you know, and just, like you said, just like if we disagree about something to do it in a way that's like respectful, you know? Yeah. And leaves room for, it leaves room for some kind of consensus later or some kind of compromise is important. And yeah. and also, I was going to say, I've never lived in another country long enough, right? Like, I was in Spain for maybe a month. That was the longest I've been outside of the U.S. or in the U.K. for a month. But, Spain. yeah, Spain's pretty amazing. Um, but if you notice, in Europe, there's certain things that are very seemingly draconian to Americans, and there's other things that are seemingly more liberal. And so I just think America is presents, like, the media and everything presents everything as binary, it's always A or B. It can't be a shade of gray. It's either you're A or you're B. You're either for masks or you're against masks. You're either for kids or against kids. And for me, it's like, why can't there be an acknowledgement that, hey, masks reduce X, Y, and Z by whatever percent, but also just as important, early childhood development matters with kids being able to see faces. And let's not forget, you know, millennia of social science as well and try to like find a balance because I think just like lead paint, right? Let's take lead paint. Everyone can agree. hundred percent of Americans can agree. We don't like lead paint and the lead paint lobby. So my point is, is there was lead in gasoline. There was lead in paint. And what did that do? Raises crime rates in inner cities, causes behavioral issues, documented lead messes people up for life. So my point is we're living in an era of transition where people will be affected by this forever. And only those effects will reverberate later. 
So there's no studies on what this is going to do to kids or how it's going to affect behavior. And some of it's hyperbole, right? Some people are overblowing it because as you see, humans were really resilient as a species, right? Our kids often adjust faster to things than we do. And so I just think like that's the healthy perspective. There is no right answer, no wrong answer, because once again, science is based on methodology and it's based on a certain set of principles. And so if people have to adhere to that, in order to be fair. And so like, there's so many different, what's the word? Like, you know how like propaganda, for example, is a tool that is used by both the good guys and the bad guys, if you look at World War II, right? And so we're living in an age where propaganda is blended into our daily life, not just in our TV screens or movies, but into everyday snippets that we see, the alerts that come on your phone, or things that are designed to evoke an emotional response. And so what we've seen over the past few years is that level of like, hey, I want you to react like this because it gets more eyeballs to me, which makes me more money, right? So if I'm tying this back that we live in a very ad-driven world and this ties back to our whole e-commerce conversation because it's all related. And so my, so my point is kind of like, it's all propaganda. It's it's not all propaganda. It's just we have to remember we are being manipulated by media, but it's not like some conspiracy. That's what media has always been there to do or always been used for in the last hundred years. And so it's just needing you need to recognize. And that's why, like, it's healthy to disconnect sometimes, too. And like, I don't know about you. You're big on that. You go hiking. You go to the mountains. You do certain things to rest your mind like this year. So I'm of. Italian and Jewish heritage, right? That's my background. So there's a holiday called Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. And I'm not like a strict practicing religious person, but like it's a meaningful holiday because it's where you like kind of atone for your sins. You make good with people, try to pay your debts, you know, et cetera. You try to do that. But then it's also like a fasting day and a day of reflection. And so this year for the first time, and I don't know how long, I literally was able, I, I did a fast, shut my phone off, for the whole day, went for a hike, did something for myself. And like, once again, I think if more people have the ability to do that, because I certainly don't, my business and my life revolves around my phone and the internet. So it just, it's, yeah, we're just living in an, in an age of vast more media consumption than ever. It's, unplugging is huge, man. I, I've been trying to meditate, stuff like that, and just uh, unplug, even, even playing with your kids, man. Oh, yeah. Somebody say once, that, like, Playing with your kids can be a form of meditation in the sense that you need to unplug from what you want to do, what you want, like, and just absorb yourself in their state of mind that mm -hmm. they want to do. And it's a tough thing to do because you might not be in the mood to do it. And, you know, you're always exhausted as a parent, stuff like that. But yep. literally just unplugging, like, I try to do that, like, like even if it's for half hour, an hour or two every night, just unplug, focus on the kids. Some days are better than others. Yeah, have dinner. You know, um, yeah. It's like and it's and it sounds so basic, but it's so easy to skip over that. It's so easy to be distracted by your phone nonstop. It's this addiction that we all have mm -hmm. and we don't quite realize it and you're trying to pull away from it as best you can. Um but yeah, that's all good stuff, man. All good stuff. I like how you took, I like the direction you took this in the end, man. You took us in. Yeah. Notice how much more animated and uh, in interesting. No, I don't mean interesting. I just mean like I can get more, uh, you know, 
it's, it's when you're talking business and e-commerce and things there's it's like surface level and there's passion but i'm saying life is something we're all living and so just to what you said about a parent being a parent uh i'm a parent of four right and so you're a parent of three right so yeah i would say that like how do you deal with having kids at different age groups like i have a kindergartner a you know primary school middle school all different needs and stages so when you're taking your nighttime, are you doing something with all three of them together? Or are you like doing like a little activity with each one? What's your strategy? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, and actually it's funny, man, because the yet yesterday when I did an episode with Rick, we ended up talking for almost half the episode, half the episode, we talked Magento and solutions. Yep. And then half the episode, literally we talked about being a father, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I, I think it's great. I love talking about. I do got to run in a couple minutes, but I'll give the brief. I'll give the brief answer, um, which is funny because like one of the things I try to do every day is like to just wrestle with my kids because I saw that we started. Yeah, we started doing it, and then every day it's like, Dad, you know, we gonna wrestle, okay? And um, but the thing is, is like when we first start doing it, it can be easy to accidentally like hurt one of the kids. Yeah, they're a lot smaller. All of a sudden they're crying and it's a mess. And so it's a little bit of an art to like have fun with it, but keep it safe. And so my my three-year-old and my six-year-old who just turned seven um, will wrestle together at the same time. And I can usually kind of manage both of them. But if my 12-year-old also gets in the mix, somebody's going to get hurt. She's just too strong. She's too big. So I've had to kind of make that rule that like I'll wrestle with her separately, which is a whole other thing. Yeah. Like it's like is this WWE style, Greco-Roman wrestling? What's your like? It's a what? It's a jujitsu. It's a little jujitsu. It's a little WWE. It's a little bit of everything. I usually just stay on the bed, and then they come at me, and then I I swerve and I I throw them out of the way. But I've had to make that rule. That like only two of them at a time. Yeah. Yeah, like they're the tag. Yeah, so it's like a tag match, and they tag each other in and out, right? Like that, that's pretty funny. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. For me, like. But we're definitely no. Yeah. Give me your. Give me yours. I want to. No, no. I was just gonna say, let's wrap this up. But I was just gonna say, for me, it's like I, my strategy is like I try to like meet them where they are a little bit because they're on such different interests and pages, and like the yeah. nice stuff is like family days on like Saturdays or Sundays and like being able to go do something as a family. And like that gets me unplugged, you know, because you can choose whether to be on your phone or not. And like you can also choose like more like, hey, I'm this is a change of scenery for my everyday life. And so it helps like create that restoration. So I fully agree. It's just easier said than done and definitely not easy to do it all. So, yeah. But yeah, no, thank you for having awesome. me on this. Dude, hey. Hey, we're going to get a follow-up in and go deeper on all this stuff very soon. Yeah, I just want my obligatory shout-outs now, like you said before. Hey. So. Oh, yeah, dude. So, obligatory shout-outs. Bemeyer.com. New version coming soon. Been saying that forever. B-E-M-E-I-R.com. I'm at Mayor B on Twitter. You probably know that, though. And, um, yeah, we just have a lot of good stuff coming. And I would love to talk to anyone about e-commerce or work and life. And let's all connect. And thank you, Kaylin, for having me on. You are the man. Uh, I love being on your podcast. I would love to keep going and uh, and just get some topical explorations. We got to do like a fast format one time, like a game show. We got to do something. We're, bro, we're going to keep this going, man. Yeah. We might have to do a monthly because I always have a good time. And uh, yeah, thank you to, to, to dive into. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. 
and stay classy.